Hello and welcome to the Chronic Podcast. (laughs) I'm your host, Elise, and I am a mess today. (laughs) And I don't want to podcast. (laughs) I, uh, I don't want to talk about things that are hard and things that hurt today. You know, I want to come back to this podcast when I feel strong, right? And um, like I have something inspiring to say. That I have my life together. That I'm contributing to the world. That in my own way, I'm still climbing the ladder, right? Like I hustle just in my own way. I want to come back when, you know, I can pass even 1% for an influencer, right? Or that I have some kind of knowledge to drop. And um, that's not today. I guess the only reason I'm podcasting today is I wonder if anybody else just is trudging through it, just kind of grinding it out while grieving something or just wishing that things were different and I think that perhaps as lonely as I feel maybe I need to put that aside and just create uh, or not create, but hold space for community today if you're in that spot. So let's get into it. One thing um, that I want to say is I think it's just so important if you're listening to this and grieving something to just know that you don't have to compare grief or struggles or anything like that I think in my own head right now I keep saying this is so minor like why even talk about it or burden people with it or you know again like show up when this little minor issue is gone but grief doesn't look the same and it it doesn't have to be a person and it doesn't have to be some like big T tragedy, a big T trauma, and this isn't that, um, but it's still valid, right? So if you're listening to this and you think, you know, it's no big thing what I'm going through today, I am struggling with that too, but it's not the truth. The truth is, is that nobody put a patent on grief, right? And no put, nobody put a patent on struggling, It's a shared experience and it looks so different for all of us, but we are sharing in it and uh, it doesn't have to look the same. Um, A week ago now, I guess actually it was a little little less than a week. So a week ago, I got my wisdom teeth pulled and um, actually it went really well. A hot surgeon ended up being a good surgeon. (laughs) Um, I, it was a good reminder to me, I guess that 
I can do hard things. And those of us who are dealing with chronic illness and pain and trauma, we can do hard things. You know, it was painful and I wouldn't do it again anytime soon, but it wasn't that bad. (laughs) And some of that is probably due to finding a really good surgeon, but also I think I have been through worse pain. And so it was a reminder to me that we can do hard things, you know. Um, After I got my wisdom teeth pulled, I think it was actually, so it it would have been two days later, I got a bunch of blood results back. So in order to help mitigate, mitigate my chronic illness and my chronic pain and just all the symptoms that come with that, um, I did a bunch of tests. So I did a mold, uh, sorry, not mold toxicity. That's coming up actually, but a metal toxicity, which turned out to be pretty okay. I did a micro nutrient deficiency test. And this one I, I knew was going to probably be abnormal, but, um, I am basically depleted of vitamin D and vitamin B in uh, many of those forms. Um, D3 and like B12 were the worst. I think that this one was like emotional because especially over the past year or two, but honestly for a while, there's some days where I feel really sad and I feel more like desperation and it's hard to like get my anxiety under control but I just like also just feel sad and I wake up and I'm and it's hard and I'm like yeah I should just choose happiness today and like I know I should just put a smile on my face and keep going but I'm just sad today and I don't I don't know why and um you know I feel like it's easy to just say like I'm just being too negative I'm just too negative of a person and that's been told to me sometimes like you're just being negative you're just not you know choosing happiness choosing joy um but vitamin d really affects your mood we get vitamin d from the sun for sure and we get vitamin d from different foods and obviously supplementation same with b12 you can get it with food with supplementation and um but vitamin d really can affect your mood and so you know someone recently asked like can't you just go in the sun more and no unfortunately for me that's not how it works Um, I'm taking injections right now as well as supplements. And then hopefully I'll just be able to transition to the supplement eventually. But basically, like, my levels weren't just low. They were critically low. And I guess it's good to know because I do know some of why I am feeling down, like, too much. Um, Yeah. It also is interesting that um, vitamin D 
helps like your your digestive system quite a bit. And so if you are critically low in vitamin D, you could be severely at risk for a leaky gut, which I have. And um, we're going to talk more about that. <laughs> so that brings me to the food sensitivity test. Um, actually, so I'll, I'll tell you about my, it's called MTHFR and or something. I might have, <laughs> I might have mixed that up. I think it's called MT, it's either MTHF or MTFH, I don't know. Basically, it's a test that tells you what you could be at risk for in the future as far as like your organs and your autoimmune system. And not in my case, autoimmune, but your immune system. Um, what autoimmune illnesses you could be at risk for is a better way to put it, I guess. Or, you know, any any organ problems or any system problems, stuff like that. Um, my pancreas is being taxed a lot by things that are produced by the food I eat. Um, and not even bad food. Honestly, um, for me, it's some fruits and vegetables that I eat uh, is not agreeing with some stuff um, with my pancreas. And so I'm not diabetic. I'm not pre-diabetic, but my pancreas is really not not having a good day and uh, not having a good life. And so I need to fix that uh, or I could be at risk for diabetes down the road. And it was really interested interesting to me. It's not like I'm eating Twinkies. It's, um, like mushrooms and other, um, fruits and vegetables also with bromelain. Like there's some things that are really affecting my pancreas and it, it's not like pizza and Oreos, but it's just stuff I'm sensitive to that I wouldn't have caught without this test. Um, that's really just making my pancreas cry. (laughs) So there was that. And, um, yeah, then the food sensitivity. I was honestly more worried about the MTHFR test and I felt prepared for the food test. I've seen other people go through it and so I've never been through it myself, but I, I've i seen it. Um, and so, you know, I thought I was prepared. Obviously, if you've been, you know, in the the wellness space at all for yourself or for others or just out of curiosity you know that the first thing nutritionists are going to say is like get rid of sugar get rid of alcohol get rid of gluten get rid of dairy so you know I knew that those things were coming down the line um but what I wasn't prepared for was how severe (laughs) my tests would come back as um, I'm allergic, not allergic, but I'll, so basically what the, what the test tests is how your immune system reacts to certain foods. So when you have leaky gut, your intestines are permeable and they should not be, it should be like a hard wall. But when you have leaky gut, the lining of your intestines becomes permeable and little tiny like particles or cells from the foods that you eat leak into your bloodstream. And your bloodstream is like invaders and creates antibodies against those food like particles or whatever they are. That's not a particles, probably not a scientific term. So yeah, I, I mean, I expected the typical culprits. I expected maybe some food I eat a lot of 
to be sensitive, but I didn't understand how crazy this was going to be. I think that there's maybe like 15 foods <laughs> that my body is not reacting to. Uh, besides, you know, all the baddies, uh, cruciferous vegetables are not something my body likes. My body hates citrus. I can't do any lemon, lime, orange, grapefruit, uh, no chicken, no things like spinach. I, I can't have spinach. I can have lettuce, but I can't have spinach. Um, I can't do any legumes except for garbanzo beans. So that's a blessing. Garbanzo beans, but that's it. Absolutely no grains. So, you know, everyone's like, okay, at least cut out white bread. But also like quinoa, farro, all of that stuff. Nope, none. Um, I said cruciferous vegetables, but like cauliflower, it sucks. Because like if you can't eat, if you can't eat um, gluten, cauliflower is in everything, right? It's it's a meme. It's everywhere. I can't have cauliflower. No broccoli. Um, I'm like listing, you know, all the things that Trader Joe's has crusts of, right? They have a cauliflower crust, broccoli crust. Nope, none of that for me. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's not just like the typical stuff you think that's like not healthy, just eat right. I mean, it's so it's so much like pineapple, papaya, um, avocado, banana. I can't have any nut milks because I can't have any nuts. So almond milk. I can't have. Um, yeah. Cashew milk. There's even pistachio milk. I can't have that. I can't have pistachios. <clears throat> and I love a pistachio. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love a pistachio. Um, oh goodness. I guess like to lighten the mood a little bit, I can have dark chocolate. So praise there. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I can't have green tea and I, I live for Starbucks green tea in the summer. I really do. Or like a Starbucks um, green tea lemonade, but I can't have lemonade because I can't have lemon. And I put lemon on on at everything, everything. My favorite hot sauce, my favorite yellow bird hot sauce has um, citrus in it. I, I love citrus so much. Um, can't have any of that. Like my favorite recipe in the world is um, Samin Nosrat's um, buttermilk chicken recipe. It's a buttermilk roasted chicken. If you haven't made it, look it up, make it. But I can't have chicken. I definitely can't have buttermilk. Um, most fermented foods are out. I have a really hard time processing fermented foods and have like a major yeast problem. Um, my body like cannot break it down. So that's really sad. Like I live for, for truffle fries, anything with truffle on it. I love mushrooms. I can't have that. And like kombucha, no. Um, yogurt, like we're desperately trying to find one that's not very fermented because I, I can't really do a hard fermentation process, I guess, anymore. So yeah, it's just, um, just almost everything. That's all. And I think I heard it. And first of all, I couldn't eat anything anyway because I had just had my wisdom teeth pulled. So it was like, 
whatever I you know and then I think I was just shell-shocked and it really just didn't hit me until like today um how hard and isolating and lonely and just sad this is um you know it's like it's food is so emotional and um it just brought up so many emotions for me like you know especially my cookbooks I love my cookbooks so much and I can't cook anything in them anymore (laughs) you know and I um I'm a good cook and it's not like this changed that but I love cooking for people I love baking people baking baking for people (laughs) and um I love baking bread like I think it was actually 2019 was the year for me. It wasn't during COVID, but 2019 was the year I started making my own bagels. I make really good challah bread and I love to give it to neighbors or give it to people. Like if I love you, I cook for you. (laughs) And if I tell you to make your own sandwich, I guess you know where you stand with me. But I love, I love to cook. And, um, you know, I know I'm not going to be able to cook for other people for a while, like I cook a lot and I know the the taste of things so I'll still be able to cook all those things for people but right now I wouldn't have the self-control not to eat it myself so I can't cook it right um and it's hard to not be able to cook all the things that I love to cook because it is such a stress reliever and something that I enjoy but now I'm gonna have to be so careful about it and it kind of has sucked all the joy out (laughs) for a while. Um, and it's a big part of my identity. Like I don't understand why there's not an eighth love language. It is so stupid. It should be food. Like that's universal. Someone call whoever wrote the love languages. I can't think of it right now, but why isn't food included? (laughs) But that's how I show love to people. You know, I don't always have the right words and, uh, I don't always know how to show that I care, but I I do know how to cook. So anyway, that's that's been hard. Um, I think, you know, the other thing is the social stigma that comes with food sensitivity, um, and and trust me, I have been guilty of this. I I remember when everybody started going gluten-free and it started becoming a fad thing and it was hard to tell okay who has celiacs or who has Hashimoto's and who is just like crazy (laughs) that's what I thought in my head which was not an okay thought but I have had it like as a waitress I remember being like is this person really sensitive or are they just trying to make my life hard or are they just trying to be cool or make a point are they just from California like okay come on tell me you haven't had those thoughts especially if you worked in food service so I've been guilty I've I've been there and by the way, I guess I'll just interject right now. I, I do have Hashimoto's. So for gluten especially, it's more than a sensitivity. It's full on like attacking my thyroid. Um, so gluten is bad, bad, bad for me. Um, so yeah, there's such social stigma around food sensitivity. And my biggest fear in life is that I'm a burden to people. And, um, you know, I... 
someone asked, well, are you just going to eat at home for the rest of your life now? And uh, I hope not. <laughs> I love finding new restaurants in new cities. Denver Restaurant Week, I always joke with my husband that like... I scan Denver restaurant weeks like he scans a roster for fantasy football like my restaurant week lineup is is legendary in our house I always pick the best and um you know what if I can't do that anymore like I don't like burdening weight stuffs by telling them that I'm sensitive to something I don't like, I, I know I'm not going to like going out with other people and, and having to field questions and feeling like I'm bringing the mood down. You know, I, I how do I travel now? How do I have people over? Like, it's a lot because um, obviously we can't expect everyone to understand, right? What we're going through if they haven't gone through it. That's not reasonable. But you know, it's just, it, it's also hard when you don't know if you're going to get empathy. Like, I, I don't expect people to understand, but to share about it and to feel comfortable eating with people, I think I'm going to need empathy and I don't know what to expect. Um, you know, I, I've told some of the people that I love about this, um, this massive test result news and um and I love everyone I've I've told and I've gotten some responses that have been hard you know one response was can you just take a pill no trust me if there was a pill I would take it (laughs) um you know someone said well like maybe maybe you just shouldn't have taken the test and then you know you wouldn't know and um yeah i i wish that right now too but it's like you know you need encouragement to keep going not to look back you know someone said well now will this take your autoimmune disease away and that's an odd, honest question it's just a hard question um there's a lot involved in autoimmune disease and I don't believe that any one thing can take autoimmune diseases away. But I do have a lot of guilt um, about maybe I should have caught this sooner. Because I do believe that food sensitivity contributes a ton to autoimmune diseases. Like leaky gut, all of that. Like even if it's your joints aching. Even if you don't think you have an issue with your gut. I believe that your gut plays so much into not just physical health, but mental health and and healing your mind and healing your body. So your your body has long-term cells and short-term cells. We're going to call the long-term cells Marlin cells and we'll call the short-term cells Dory cells because Dory cells can't remember anything. So Long-term cells remember everything. They remember, like, you eating Lunchables and Capri Sun as a kid. Dory cells, they have a hard time remembering, like, a few years back, okay? Like, my Dory cells don't remember the s'mores bar at my wedding five years ago. The Marlin cells certainly do. 
autoimmune disease really lies with the issues with your Marlin cells. Your Marlin cells store information in your bone marrow. And so the longer you let them remember things, like the longer you let them remember that your body is creating antibodies against certain foods, against certain invaders, the longer you let that go, the harder it is to get them to forget about it. So that eventually your body doesn't think the pineapple is trying to kill it. (laughs) Your Dory cells, they aren't going to remember for that long. So hopefully, you know, after a year of not eating chicken, going to Chick-fil-A, you know, the Dory cells are like, cool, we can hang here. Um, You know, it's not, it's still not short, short, (laughs) but a year as opposed to like, you know, potentially five, 10 years or potentially never, depending on how long you let it go. The Dory cells are easy to retrain. And with retraining the Dory cells, you, you will feel better, but that doesn't mean cure. It doesn't mean that anything has gone away. It means you feel a certain percentage better, even though it's not guaranteed and you don't know how much. So that's where I'm at right now is I'm trying to retrain my Dory cells. And that doesn't mean anything goes away. It just means hopefully I have better quality of life. But I feel really guilty because, yeah, the quicker I caught this, probably the quicker it would have been. Um, So on a scale of, you know, nothing to... I wholly and completely accept myself. I am on a, like, zero. Yeah. I don't even think there's one or two. Like, zero on grace for myself today. (laughs) Because, yeah, I feel like um, maybe if I would have caught this earlier, you know, maybe with eating right for a year. And I I, I don't like the phrase eating right. I actually really hate that. Because that's another, that's another thing someone said was like, well, now that you're eating right, your autoimmune disease should get better. I wasn't eating wrong. I don't eat Twinkies all the time. That's such an outdated reference, but something that people actually eat all the time now. I don't know. Burger King. People don't do in and out, in and out. Okay. Now I'm with it. I don't eat in and out all the time. I do love it sometimes. (laughs) Or I used to. Um... I wasn't eating badly, but a lot of like the eating right foods like spinach and chicken, I can't have. And when your body is like fighting off invaders, it's also like your cortisol levels spike. Your body is like your adrenals aren't working well. Nothing's working well. And when nothing in your body is working well, like weight loss doesn't happen. It, it just doesn't. And so that's hard. I mean, I know that I'm someone who looks like I don't eat right all the time. And I don't, but I also am no slouch, you know? And so it's hard. Like, I won't say with years of eating right, I'll feel better. With years of eating foods that my body can tolerate, hopefully I'll feel better. But I don't think it'll ever go away because I think I caught it too late. And um, that makes me sad. Like, I should have been paying more attention. And... 
It's like, I have to have something to blame right now. That's where I'm at. And unfortunately, that's myself, which is so typical of me. (laughs) And it's why I started this podcast was to start learning to have more grace for myself in this process of dealing with chronic pain. It's not really a process. It's just my life. And, um, some days I have more grace for myself and today is not one of those days. And I have to be honest about that just because I have a podcast about trying to find more grace for myself and others through chronic illness does not mean, as we all know, that I'm going to do it perfectly all the time. And, um, today is about as imperfect as it gets. So yeah, I, uh, I feel like I'm grieving. I feel like I, I don't know how to process. I feel a lot of shame. I feel like a burden. I feel like some of my identity is gone. And to be really honest with you, like, I try to stay so positive about getting better and going to my appointments and taking my supplements and eating the right food and, you know, the food that my body can tolerate. And uh, I try to be positive about that. But today I was like, what am I doing it all for? You know, I have, I have the best husband. I really do. And, uh, I have family and I have friends. But, you know, and I'm only saying this because if you've been there, I, I just want to let you know that you're not alone. But I just woke up today saying, what am I doing it for? Trying to live a long, healthy life, like prolonging this life of sometimes really hard struggle. Why am I doing it? There's so much joy in life, in my life. And there are days when I can bask in it and not feel my anxiety coming for me like a pack of wolves. And to not feel like sadness is like, you know, a cloud of smoke that just won't go away. There's days when it just feels like clear and it feels like sunshine. And then there's days like today when despite all of the good things in my life despite all of the wonderful people in my life it feels like the world would keep spinning right and everyone would be okay if I just stopped trying stop trying to be present stop trying to be whole stop trying to be healthy You know, and just succumbed to sorrow and sickness and just 
stopped trying. And I know that (laughs) I'm not that person. And, uh, you know, I had those thoughts while I was driving to my acupuncture appointment today. (laughs) So, you know, I was like, why am I trying while I was trying, you know, to just do the next right thing. And you guys, I tell you that finding a good doctor is makes all the difference. And, and um, I'm very fortunate to have access to great doctors. But man, she made all the difference today. You know, one thing that someone said to me is, you're the strongest person I know, which is, is a kind thing to say. But it kind of just broke me because I don't like to be strong. I... I don't want to be strong all the time. And I don't feel strong all the time. I feel strong maybe an eighth of the time. Even though I might look at more than that. And I I really appreciated what my doctor today said. You are strong, but you're also vulnerable. And it's okay to be vulnerable. But don't share things with the wrong people when you're feeling vulnerable. You know, just just let yourself be vulnerable and, and maybe not be open to some of the things that are going to trigger you. And I, I agree with that. But I just appreciated that she said it's okay to be strong and vulnerable at the same time. Strong doesn't mean you're not going to be vulnerable and that the things that people say won't hurt and the things that happen to you won't hurt. You know, she was talking about her own um, struggle with autoimmune illness. And luckily hers was reversible for the most part. But her process of, of getting back her health and her quality of life is why she's a doctor. And she was talking about that, how she has more empathy for her patients and and how she really can identify with her patients and she's right like I've never met a doctor like her who is so emotionally in tune and I'm so proud of her for for using her own struggle for other people and I guess I just hope that I can be a little bit the same way by continuing to podcast even when I don't feel like it Or just by saying that I really do not have anything together today and I'm having a really hard time and I don't know what I'm doing it for. I don't know what I'm doing any of this for today. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear that over me, but there is a massive jet that just flew over my head. So that's interesting. Sorry for the noise. I'm getting a new microphone soon. That's exciting. <laughs> I'm going to let this jet pass. Anyway, I just hope that maybe listening to me on a not so good day helps one person realize that it's not just you and you have a friend in your grief and in your processing. I think it's so important to um, sit. 
in our feelings and in our grief and to not let it pass too quickly because if it if you feel like if you feel like I gotta stuff this down and get over it then you have successfully stuffed it down but it's not gonna stay down forever I think that unprocessed pain and grief and trauma causes disease and contributes to disease and contributes to not only physical ailments, but mental ailments. You know, I think the mind and the body and the spirit are connected. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Um, It was the When We Speak podcast. It's such an amazing podcast. And they were talking about uh, how unprocessed grief leads to violence in our nation now. And I, I thought that that was so true. So I think it's important to acknowledge, you know, when you just can't even. And that was the day that I had. That's the day I'm having. I can't even. I, I can't. I don't have any grace for myself. I don't think I am. You know, it's funny. Actually, I won't say that. I it's weird when I don't have any grace for myself because I am almost um, too careful to have grace for others. And I think the reason is, is especially on down days, um, and this is my constant, but especially on days when I'm down, I feel like it's so easy just to discard me and I don't want people to throw me away. And so, you know, I'm almost overly cautious to treat people with grace on, on days when I don't have any for myself. That's interesting. I'm going to have to talk to a therapist about it. When we get to the bottom of that, I'll talk, I'll talk to you about it, but that's not a healthy type of grace to have for each other. So trust me, I'm not claiming to be healthy around here. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just claiming to try really hard at it. And today that's hard and I don't know why I'm doing it. (sighs) I want you to know that it's okay to not keep your imperfection to yourself. I talk about doing things imperfectly. And my urge today was to keep my imperfect day to myself. And maybe I should have. I don't know. But... I do think it's okay to be imperfect out loud. Be imperfect loudly. I encourage you to to do it in a safe space. You know, maybe record your own podcast today. (laughs) Because what I don't want, though, is for you to be imperfect and, and then open yourself up to triggers when you're vulnerable. You know, I do think that that's, that's hard. And and we need to, you need to protect yourself even when you don't have any grace for yourself. I think when we really don't have grace for ourselves, that's when we open ourselves up to for other people to harm us, even inadvertently. You know, most people in our lives, we don't think they actually mean us harm, but if you think about it, you know who's a safe person to talk to about certain things. Use your judgment. But a lot of times I think when we don't have grace for ourselves, we actually sometimes like 
need to make it worse for ourselves. Maybe it's just me. It just kind of becomes a spiral, you know? So protect yourself and, and give yourself what you need. It's okay. Like, I'm not going to tell you to do self-care because you know what? Like today, if someone told me to do self-care, I, I can't, like, I can't, I feel like I can't even take care of myself today. I can't do something nice for myself today because it takes too much energy. It's not how I'm feeling. Sometimes we need self-care in community. Like sometimes if you have that safe person, it's okay to reach out and, and tell them like, I cannot take care of myself today. I can't cook. I can't, I can't do any of this. Like, could you help me? So if you have that person reach out and, and do that, like do the imperfect out loud. Don't keep it to yourself whatever that looks like for you. It could literally be going outside and screaming. (laughs) That'd be a little weird, but that's fine. Whatever. Like if I did that, my nosy neighbors would a hundred percent call the cops, but that's fine. (laughs) I would just ask the cops if they want anything that's in my pantry that I'm currently cleaning out. I have like four bags of bread flour. Do you want some? They would think that's normal. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going down a tangent, but be imperfect out loud scream in the streets if you want to deal with the repercussions later protect yourself even if you can't have grace for yourself and just be honest about your feelings today with yourself you don't owe that honesty to anyone else um but you do owe it to yourself and and you know i know that there are brighter days ahead i I can't see them right now. Like I can't actualize. Like my mind's eye cannot see it, but I know that they're there. Out of the fog somewhere. I hope you have a good week. And if not, I'm not going to say it's okay. I don't feel like it's okay right now. I'm having a hard time processing a god who allows me pain and grief this week and I feel like I should be having a good week and I'm not and I'm not okay with it so if you're having a good week good if you are not having a good week today I'm gonna say it's not okay it sucks and I'm with you and we will try again next week I'll talk to you then